0: Soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 247. Ah, Zombies. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard
1: now, so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, the first time he ate a kiwi,
0: (laughs) it was in college, Pat Flynn. Hey everybody, what's up? Thank you so much for joining me today, and Happy New Year to those of you who are listening to this at the start of 2017 this is going to be a great year for us on the podcast. We have a lot of amazing guests on the show. We have two today, actually, Eric Nordoff and James Frazier, who have an amazing story to share with you. They started as uh, two guys who just loved a show called The Walking Dead, which is one of my favorite shows on AMC. And you, you may have heard me reference it at one point. I had, I had even tried to campaign to be an extra on the show, which I still want to do at some point, which would be a lot of fun. But anyway, Eric and James got together, started a podcast, which then exploded into this incredible brand. And now they have a conference uh, not just one, but they have they have something called Walker Stalker Con, which I've attended before with my wife and I. Uh, we went to one in San Francisco. Um, they do eighteen of these now every single year, and hundreds and thousands of people because of them and the show that they've started come out to these conventions, and they are serving more people than those who are served at the San Diego Comic Con convention. Uh, which, which is just incredible. So just to, to hear about just two guys who were in love with the show, who created a fan show, who then exploded is just, is just crazy and awesome. And it makes me want to create a show of my own about shows that I love. And so here it is. This is Eric and James from The Walker Stalkers. You can find them at walkerstalkercon.com. That's their conference. And also thewalkerstalkers.com. Get ready to be inspired. Here we go. What's up, everybody? I'm so I, I can't tell you how I'm excited how excited I am for the show because I've been looking forward to this one for so long. I'm interviewing Eric and James, the uh, sort of partners who have put together what's called the Walker Stalkers podcast. Uh, you can find them at thewalkerstalkers.com. And if you don't know what that is in reference to, it's in reference to one of my favorite TV shows, The Walking Dead on AMC. And I'm super thankful that uh, both Eric and James are here on the show today. So, uh, guys, welcome to the Smart Passive Income podcast. Thanks for being here.
2: Thanks, Pat. Uh, thanks for having us.
0: So if I were to ask you, Eric, we'll start with you. What is the Walker Stalkers? How would you respond to that? What is it for everybody out there listening and kind of wondering what this is?
2: Well, um, you know, Jay, uh, James and I uh, are neighbors and uh, we we kind of connected in, in a weird way. Uh, but if I were to kind of give you a quick answer to that question, it would be that uh, the Walker Stalkers is a fan run fan uh, oriented, uh, podcast as well as a convention for fans of the walking dead. And, and, uh, I think it comes from a, a really pure place in the sense of that. It's just for, it's created by fans. I mean, James and I, when we started this, we were just giddy fans, uh, you know, kind of excited to meet, uh, anyone from the show. Uh, -hmm. we, we took a road trip, Uh, back in, uh, actually it was a year ago, it was four years ago, uh, today or tomorrow, uh, that we went on this road trip and, uh, it changed our lives, you know, uh, it changed the trajectory of our lives,
0: uh, from that point on. James, can you tell me about what that, what, what what that road trip was? Can I guess and say that that was a trip down to Atlanta?
1: It was, we went down to Sonoy, Georgia, I guess it would be, uh, four years ago, uh, well, by the time we we run into this podcast about another twenty minutes from now, about four <laughs> years ago today, um, I uh, reached out to Eric at some point of the day and said, "Hey, I saw on Twitter that or something that they were filming the last day of The Walking Dead of season three down in Sonoy, and you can sit out and watch it. It's just like a little you know downtown, you know Woodbury." Uh, is what it was but it's called Sonoy, and you could sit out and watch them film and i told eric we should go down and check it out and maybe check out some of the other places that they had been filming and uh, neither one of us had anything going on and that was a friday so it got up i think about four in the morning we yep. go straight to atlanta or to sonoi and uh as soon as we got there, we kind of had the dream day. Uh, even the people that go out there regularly still say it was, it was probably the most amazing day that they can even recall. And uh, we met, you know, Laurie Holden who plays Andrea, and and uh, you know Rick, which is Andrew Lincoln, and Daryl which is Norman Reedus, and 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 just the, kept on and on. And we we actually got to sit in a little coffee shop and watch them film the final scene there of season three, where. Rick and uh, Daryl and Michonne go to the gates of Woodbury. And Mm -hmm. it was just amazing. And we just decided when we got back that we'd uh, kind of share our experience. Eric put together a little YouTube video that got, you know, a thousand, maybe more hits really quick. And I put some pictures up on my legal blog, which maybe 80 people a day read and had over (laughs) 800 read that first day. And you know, we kind of realized we had something that we were sharing, and we had talked about doing podcasting. We talked about podcasts we listened to specifically uh, Jay and Jack's Lost podcast uh, on uh, mm-hmm. on the show Lost, and uh, it was something we enjoyed. And we talked about maybe giving our own run at doing a podcast, and uh, we had both been listening to other podcasts too, and and so we came up with the Walker Stalkers podcast, and that was. We got the name exactly from one of the girls that was out there waiting for the uh, the cast of The Walking Dead to arrive. That they called each other Walker Stalkers, and they put us into uh, into her, Eric's phone number into her phone under Walker Stalker. So that's where <laughs> so we got cool. the name, and that's where that's where the the
0: podcast began. That's amazing. Yeah. Eric, Eric, can you tell, tell us what you guys were kind of planning on doing with the podcast? Was it just a, hey, let's get together every week and just talk after an episode? Or did you have bigger plans for it? Obviously, it's grown massively since then. And, and we'll talk about that growth in a bit. But what was your kind of plan going in? And how did you even get it uh, up and running?
2: Well, I think the beauty of it was we really didn't have that much of a plan. <laughs> mm. We were just kind of giddy, giddy fanboys, I guess, um, if, if I were to describe us back then. Uh, we didn't know how to, I mean, I didn't, I barely knew how to podcast. I think I bought like a blue microphone and I st- I'm looking at it right now, actually. And uh, I, I went to podcastingtutorial.com and uh, learned how to podcast watching Pat Flynn. Um, and, uh, it was amazing. It was great. I mean, I learned a ton, uh, from you, Pat, you know, how to, how to do it. And, um, and we just sat down, uh, I think it was like during the season, uh, mid season break. Um, and that kind of was a good thing for us because we could kind of work out the kinks of what we were doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, we just, we, we just kind of hit the ground running. I mean, James started the website. I started the, uh, the podcasting and, uh, we just got together and we, we live just a few doors down from each other. And so we just, he'd come over late at night, um, typically, uh, when our wives were in bed and, uh, we could kind of get together and hang out and talk about the show. I mean, we had, we made up our own fans. We had people calling in that weren't real. (laughs) Just to just to (laughs) To ask uh, questions and and... to ask questions and entertain ourselves. And uh, we we you know, we had a survivalist on, Um, you know, the first six episodes were pretty, (laughs) uh, you know, uh, pretty goofy. But uh, (laughs) but anyway, eventually we did have some real fans um, and we started having listeners. But it really kicked into gear when we got our first guest uh, on episode seven. So probably week seven middle of January we started the podcast in December middle of January of 2013 we uh, mm-hmm. we got our first guest and that really broke it for us
0: James can you talk about what it was like to get that first guest how did you land this person who was it and uh, what was the results of that for your show
1: well the first guest we ever had on the show was Greg Nicotero who's now uh, at that time was just um, head of the makeup and effects department for the show now you know 4 years later He's the uh, executive producer. He's the man. Directs every every significant episode of the show, and of course leads their effects team. Still, Uh, we reached out really to everybody, um, really not expecting anybody to return, and and we were able to get Greg's assistant to say that he would he would appear. And I just remember how excited the two of us were, um, and actually how nervous (laughs) (laughs) at the time because you know we had never. I mean, I, I at that time I was practicing law, and you know I'd probably done a hundred plus depositions easily, and so I, you know, <laughs> interviewed or grilled people without a problem. But never had I interviewed anybody of, of of you know a real significant stature, and never had done it over a podcast. Uh, so Eric and I we prepared tediously, I and mean, the questions, and we knew what we were going to ask and what we were going to discuss, and we researched, and it just. It, we we just were uh, frankly we were probably overwhelmed um believe it or not and i just remember us being so nervous or so sitting around eric's computer in his basement when greg <laughs> called and just how easy and, and kind greg was and really that that podcast set the tone for what we would then do on all of our podcasts and really kind of shaped the nature of of who the Walker Shockers were and would become later with, with conventions and things. But uh, we just had a great time with Greg and it was easy. And, um, we started talking about music and, um, that's kind of where we decided that we would, we would shift the show around music and entertainment. And also we would be more interactive with, with the actors, with the fans. But then also we, we did a, a just out of nowhere, we asked Greg what his favorite song was and or what his favorite artist was, and he said Led Zeppelin, and we decided then we would do a a Greg Nicotero Led Zeppelin parody song. And uh, we, we did that uh, based on uh, Dire Maker and mm-hmm. played it for Greg. Greg loved it, took it back to his set, played it for the cast and crew, and it gave us this instant kind of... Credibility with everybody else, and it made it extremely easy for us to get other guests to come on the show because we we had received Greg's stamp of approval, and they all really uh, kind of followed Greg's direction. Um, but I think at that, from the time we got Greg, we did over twenty straight uh, podcasts in a row with an actor or a crew member from the walking dead, which was at that point, you know, unheard of in, in the, uh, the walking dead podcast, you know, few and far between were any other walking dead podcast getting anybody. Mm-hmm. And we were able to string together, you know, all these episodes. Um, but it really did. It set, it set kind of the tone for how we would do every, every po- or every podcast, every interview with all these actors talking about music and then, parodying the the music or other parts of the show and just kind of keeping that light fan interactive atmosphere where we would have all the fans also call in which nobody else was doing uh all the other shows there if they did get anybody they were keeping all the questions to themselves but we wanted the fans to be part of it
0: mm-hmm. that's awesome uh, how were you able yeah. to reach out to to greg initially was that via email or did you like phone in or like what was that like <laughs> We,
1: I think we bought an IMDb Pro account, right, Eric? Right. Yes. <laughs> what?
0: Are you serious?
2: <laughs> yes, yes. We did. I mean, yeah, we just, we just it. hounded everybody. We could, truthfully. <laughs> <laughs> it's persistence. Uh, you know, it, it's always the hardest. The first one's always the hardest one to get. Uh, yeah. And the same goes for the conventions. Uh, you know, I think. Um, but once, mm-hmm. you, once that happened. With Greg and, and James said, you know, what what Greg did. I mean, he, he just honored us so much by, you know, giving us a good name amongst his peers. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, I mean, it, it, but it was a lot of persistence, so, I would say. James, James is very persistent.
0: Yeah, I mean that's obviously very necessary, and I'm so glad you guys did that because what you guys have created is amazing. I think you're up to episode 166 now, and it, it's just the show is doesn't look like it's it's stopping anytime soon. And so, at what point, Eric did did it turn into this sort of hobby for fun thing into a business for you? What when when was that realization, and and how did it turn into a business for you?
2: Well, uh, that's uh, that's interesting because it, it really just started with this innocent fan, um, fan me- mentality and, uh, the, the purity of it just kind of kept going because, uh, what happened then uh, after we got Greg, uh, and we started getting all the other actors, um, we thought it would be awesome to do a season three finale in Sonoy. Actually, we wanted to do it down in Woodbury. Um, like a live, in-person,
0: people come by and, and watch it.
2: Yeah, live, you know, people come and watch it with us, and uh, maybe we could get one or two celebrities uh, to the event, um, because a lot of them are there, uh, you know, live around there locally. Mm-hmm. And um, and we we particularly struck a, a really great relationship with uh, one of the actresses, um, Melissa McBride, was so good and so kind. Uh, who plays Carol on the show um, to us on our first day that we were there? Um, she sat with us and we had coffee with her in the coffee shop, and she was just so oh, kind wow. to all the other all the other people then um, and uh, so we asked her right James I mean you asked her yeah t- mm-hmm. to uh, to come to our finale party and uh, it was a surprise it was a surprise guest, but we did uh we we organized an all day uh tour location tour um with uh, with atlanta uh what was the company again james atlanta uh movie well, tours? it was
1: it, actually it, it, we did it on our own um we we thought the 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 movie tour company was too expensive at the time <laughs> of course and so we we just we rented our own our own buses mm-hmm. and that's right <laughs> uh, we we
2: we took uh, we took everybody around ourselves Yeah, um, i think i stressful. took a bus and you took a bus right wow <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy man and so we just had a we just kind of threw it together and um and then it was going to finish around 6:30 at the uh, uh location where we were going to do our uh, our finale party we had about 85 people there mm-hmm. um and that's what kind of st- and it was an amazing experience i mean for us that was a rush number one to be podcasters and finally meet our audience like the people that actually listen to us i mean there were there was one girl that drove from Oklahoma city to come. uh, We had the, we had the the people from Canada too. That's right. We had the Canadians we had, and these are people that are still like core people today, Mm -hmm. you know, that, Mm -hmm. that, uh, that first came along and we just got to hang with them for the night and just kind of geek out uh, to our favorite show. And, and it was a great finale, great, great event. Uh, immediately we planned the season premiere for season four uh, party, which ended up being at the, um, at the high school where they shot, uh, an episode uh, in season two. Um, and, uh, and it was in a, we had what, 400 people there, James?
0: Yeah. 400
2: yep. people. Just, just somewhere around there.
1: Uh, it was at noon high school and we recreated the whole quarantine evacuation zone where, uh, Shane had killed Otis. Oh, and right, right it was right there in the same parking lot. So we had a big outdoor screen and, and you know, we were, we were planning that and kind of somewhere in the middle of there, we got an idea of putting on something even bigger and maybe thinking around a thousand people. And it was going to be the first Walker stalker con later on in the year and in, in November. Um, and a year later. The, yeah. Well, not, yeah, exactly a year later. Mm -hmm. And we, uh, so we did a Kickstarter and yes,
2: this is, this is, this is where James, this is where I start to, I think I've quit already twice by this point because, (laughs) uh, uh, the first time it was just, it was just, it was spent, I was spending a ton of time. Um, I had, you know, James had his law practice. I had my, I had several businesses that I was running at the time Mm -hmm. and we were just doing this for fun. But it ended up becoming, you know, taking on a life of its own. And uh, and I was like, you know, I don't know if I can commit to doing this. I mean, I'm I'm stressed out, Uh, but I was having so much fun, you know, doing it. Um, And James being the you know, we kind of joked a lot about me being the brakes and he was the accelerator Uh uh, in our in our relationship. But he was definitely the driver of a lot of this stuff. Yeah, Eric, I think we can do you know let's do a finale party let's do a season 4 premiere party yeah let's do a convention okay <laughs> and you know i'm the stupid one that kept saying yeah let's do it <laughs> and then afterwards i'd be like hanging my head what have i just done and uh you know but it was it was an amazing time i'm really glad james uh you know pulled me always out of my comfort zone
0: so james tell me about that first convention what was all involved with planning that and, and what what was it like to actually put it on
1: first I don't think our wives had ever let us even plan a birthday party so <laughs> planning a, a convention was was something completely out of the norm for us but we 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 knew that it was gonna be quite an undertaking and so we started you know talking to people who had run other small conventions you know around Nashville and mm-hmm. and others throughout the nation and and just we we really didn't even have it in mind as a convention, more as just a larger fan meetup of, on a bigger scale than what we we're doing. Instead of bringing in, you know, three actors, we were going to bring in like twenty, and we we did the Kickstarter. Uh, we're about halfway through it. We only needed to raise about fifteen grand, and that's all we needed to really to put the initial seed in uh, for uh, the the convention. Mm-hmm. So we we got halfway through. We weren't even close. We switched up some of the rewards and we were actually able to just crack that 15,000 at the end of the first 30 days. And we had some amazing, amazing uh, reward levels that nobody ended up ever buying except for one lady who ended up having kind of the ultimate time once we finally put the convention together. (laughs) But as we got closer, again, we had that credibility with Greg Nicotero and Melissa McBride where they were just like, you guys tell the other actors, you all should come and, and, and do this. Uh, convention, you know, it's the guys that, that you did their podcast, and um, so we, you know, we started slowly to just build this this following, and up until this point, there no other convention in the United States had ever had more than six actors uh, from The Walking Dead at, at one event, and that was uh, a Horror Hound in Cincinnati mm-hmm. had about six of the uh, the actors Norman Reedus and and a few, but we we started to build this this, uh, this guest list. And, um, you know, it, we were now having to deal with their managers. So we were having to explain who we were. And, and even though the actor <laughs> may have trusted us, these managers were very weary of us. Yeah. Oh but, gosh. Yes. I mean, yeah. it was,
2: it was, I mean, it just kind of taking it back just a few notches though. I mean, when we were sitting there and I think we had only raised $2,000 halfway through the Kickstarter and we kind of had a laissez-faire kind of approach up until then, or maybe like one post a day. And we, we had, you know, some good, decent pledge offerings, but Mm -hmm. we totally had to revamp everything. We, we, we totally got aggressive with our, with the pledges that we were putting out there. Um, we on social media, I think every single hour, uh, from that point on, there was something we were selling, something we were offering. Uh, we were doing everything we could to just guerrilla market uh, the heck out of it, and um, and I think again, the persistence of it um, and the fact that we were just like we're not gonna accept not hitting that fifteen thousand dollar mark, um, I think made all the difference to so, getting us. Yeah. So there. the fifteen thousand wasn't
0: didn't. too. That that's not like how much it would cost to put on the event. Oh, no, Oh no, (laughs)
2: Okay, no, we made a lot of mistakes (laughs) in the first one, I would say, probably, too. Oh, yeah,
0: we made plenty.
1: I mean, we (laughs) even got to the point where I remember at the convention with Andrew Lincoln on stage right before we we announced like, hey, we great news. We just made, you know, everything we need to cover the convention. (laughs) And then, of course, like weeks later, we get all these post event bills that we never (laughs) knew that existed or or would would come in. And, And so we we actually lost money on that first one, but you know, going back to just how it grew, we, we started to get all the cast and then ultimately we ended up getting Andrew Lincoln, who plays Rick Grimes to agree to come to the convention. He had never done any convention before, uh, other than San Diego comic-con and New York comic-con, which is kind of required by AMC for him to attend. So Mm -hmm. this is the first fan event he had ever attended willfully. And he was also coming to do it for charity, which was amazing. Um, but once we we added him, it it really grew and, and grabbed the the national attention. We got uh, you know, r- articles written on us by uh, I think Entertainment Weekly and Rolling Stone and USA Today, wow and mTV, it, CNN. Yeah, MTV. It, it, we just every, you know it, it was it, initially uh, even some of the first articles articles which were smaller than that, you know, it was all jokes, you know. Uh, you know, zombie con, you know, it's, it's already worse than, 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 (laughs) than, in smell than, than any comic con is. And, and, you know, these people are, you know, are dead. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it was all, it was, we were more the brunt of jokes, I I would say, but it got real attention. And, but then Andrew Lincoln came along and we started to grab some other shows, Mm Um, as well, uh, you know, like, uh, Giancarlo Esposito plays Gus on Breaking Bad and, and we had uh, all these other, you know, people in attendance. And so it really gained some credibility really quick. And by the time it, it kind of got the spotlight, it did, we were really close so it didn't turn out to be. I mean, it turned out to be a much larger event than we expected because originally we were only hoping for about a thousand to fifteen hundred people, and we ended up with almost ten and a half thousand people over the three days.
0: Ten and a half but thousand it, people. It,
1: yeah, it. That's unbelievable. Yes. that's that's it, insane. It, it could have been much bigger. <laughs> I think. I think if we were thirty days later with the the national press we had received, it could have been every bit as large as the you know our year two event where we had about thirty thousand but, um, just the timing of the press, but it, it it grabbed that national spotlight. So it went quickly from, you know, the one event to, well, Hey, are you guys going to take this thing anywhere else? And and are you interested in going, you know, to this city or this city or this city? So it it quickly became this, this dialogue between Eric and I are, are we just going to do this one time and come back? maybe next year or are we going to come back at all or are are we going to give this an opportunity
0: and go somewhere else?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. It was a crazy
0: run. I'm still amazed at that number for a first go around. I mean, 10,000 plus people. I mean, I'm, I'm used to, we're, we're used to talking about events here on this show with people who put on, you know, events and whatnot that are in the maybe up to 2000, but 10,000 for a first time event. Like, how do you even handle that? I mean, obviously it just wasn't you two kind of making the show run right. Like how how are you able to even right. pull that off?
2: Well, I, you know, it it was uh, it was a lot of favor that we had. Um, it was amazing, first of all, that that all of these managers trusted us enough. These actor, you know, managers mm-hmm. that are that that manage them for their live appearances and their convention appearances. The fact that we were able to kind of have the favor that we did. Um, you know, uh, and that we actually could, we, we, we actually came through on the, the numbers for them, mm-hmm. you know, cause we, we had to, we had to guarantee things the, the first time we had, we had quite a bit that we had on the line, um, that we had to kind of promise we would, we would achieve for them. And, uh, and so the Andrew Lincoln, the the fact that he would come, I mean, first of all, when Norman Reedus committed, our ticket sales, you know, I think we probably sold right. fifteen hundred tickets just from Norman Reedus alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but but then Andrew Lincoln commits, and he does it so so that the city of Atlanta, he gives back to a charity in the city of Atlanta because he's wanted to give back to the city of Atlanta. I mean, that we actually the way we we learned it, the way that happened was we we had learned that he um, had said in an interview that he wanted to give back to the city of Atlanta at some point, you know, somehow. And (laughs) as persistent as we were, you know, we kind of said, Hey, remember this interview? (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Maybe this is the time to do that. And, um, he was, (laughs) he's just been so grateful, uh, gracious to us. Um, what a great, great man. All the cast and crew are, to be honest, I mean, we wouldn't do, we wouldn't have even done this had we not um wanted to do it because they were so kind and so nice and uh and and happy that people actually paid attention to their show you know at that time it wasn't it was it was already pretty massive but yeah you know they were they weren't really full of themselves and um
0: you it's, know
2: just grateful and good with the fans
0: and so that that one was in atlanta yeah. and then you done several more I attended one, uh, and thank you for inviting me and my wife to go. We went to one in San Francisco, and now I'm seeing ones for Chicago and Nashville. I mean, what is the, what is, so in a year now, how many uh, of these things are you putting on, and how many people are you serving through them total?
1: I, I think we did 18 events
0: oh this my year, gosh. That is, or we will have done
1: 18 events this that's year. Insane. <laughs> and that includes uh, a, a cruise we did back in February, and we did an event in London. Uh, in, uh, in March and wow. there, I think it was at the end of February, actually the, uh, essentially we will have seen four times the amount of people that San Diego comic-con, have, uh, saw this year. So I think it would be just over 600,000
0: people that have come through our doors. That's ridiculous. That that is amazing. Congratulations, you two. And and I have to say, you know, in going to one of these and I I went to one of the smaller ones in San Francisco, which was it was a it was such a well run event with that many people there. And that you know, there were thousands of people there. It just seemed to be so well thought out. And you know, my wife and I we had VIP tickets, so we were able to go like in the front and stuff. and but even though we, uh, th- there were a lot of people who didn't have those tickets, everybody seemed to be taken care of and was in the right lines and just everything was perfect. and from the photo shoots to the getting to ask questions on stage, it was just it was just really well done. Like I know that you just through doing many of these, you start to learn what works and what doesn't. but I, I also know a lot of people who are in the event industry who are like, this is one of the hardest things to do is to put on an event. Yet here you guys are putting 18 on a year. James, why do you guys keep doing this?
1: I think it speaks to the heart of our team. Like Eric said, even today, the majority of people that now actually work for Walker Stalkers were those original fans that either listened to the podcast or volunteered at the very first Atlanta event. And they just love this. You know, when we put on the first two or three conventions at that time, we didn't even really know we were going to continue to do them. If we we're going to do them year over year, it was just, Hey, we love this. We love being part of a, of a, of a fan ran event. And, uh, you know, let's put our heart into it and do it at every point in the, uh, from the, uh, the aspect of, are we doing this the right way for somebody who's attending? How would we want to be treated and we we even today we say, you know, we 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 treat the attendees like celebrities and the celebrities like regular people and continue to do that. And trying to always better ourselves event after event and keeping that same passion, uh, we we've really have this great team now that can really I mean, truthfully, if if somebody came up and said we wanted to do a show on, you know, I don't know. Gilmore Girls, we could probably within a month pull together a show on Gilmore Girls because we, we have the capability now with our team to essentially reskin mm-hmm. our our entire convention. But we do it because we love it. Everybody genuinely loves their jobs. They have a passion for each of the areas. They kind of all fell into their designated roles because they volunteered for it, whether it be you know Brad Justice who runs our volunteers and just has a heart for, for leading people there Katie Anderson, who runs our disability services, and just has a passion for making sure that you know every single attendee, you know, blind, deaf, uh, you know, lame, are, that they all have the same uh, level of enjoyment for uh, at the convention and the same access. and And so, I think that really speaks to why we've been able to grow at the rate we have been, and kind of now where we are, um, the the number one. Uh, you know, touring convention, fan-based touring convention company uh, in the world.
0: Amazing. Uh, Eric, what advice would you have for somebody who is Getting really inspired by this, who has a show that they watch all the time that they're very passionate about. They talk about it with their friends on Monday after the show's, uh, you know, been published and the, uh, at the water cooler, and and now they're like, "Man, I want to start a podcast about my show." What advice would you have for them to help make it a, a success? Because this is this is like what you like after it became this this regular thing that you guys were doing with the conventions and what and what That I mean, you you ended up going full full on with this, right? Like this was this was. Full time for you, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely was full time for James, and, um, and you know, I, I think the thing, and I, I, still have a lot of passions and things that that I do, and, and since, since we started, um, I've since, uh, taken a step away from the Walker Stalkers and Walker Stalker Con, and I've. Been pursuing some other things mm. it, because I'm, I'm, you know, I, there's a lot of things I'm passionate about. You know, as an entrepreneur, you just, you just get ideas and you just start running with them. Totally. But, um, but I, but, but what I would say is to somebody who's passionate about a show or about any anything, is to just be as sincere as possible with your approach. Um, uh, people can spot sincerity a mile away. And, um, I think the thing that I'm most proud of in partnership with James in this whole thing is that we never, we never actually set out with the, with an intention to take it advantage of anybody. We had a heart to recreate the same joy and the same feeling and put smiles on faces, uh, of other people, the same smiles we could not stop getting off our face in those four hours that we drove home after a 20 hour day, Mm -hmm. you know, coming back from, uh, this amazing day that we had, we always wanted to recreate that. And actually, um, you know, I think that's, you've got to have that intention about what you're doing. And, And it, and I think it requires a ton of persistence as well. Um, and, and I think you should also, I would say dream bigger than you think you can. This whole experience, honestly, um, I come away with it Uh, with the, with an with the uh, thought that I actually need to dream bigger. You know, this actually, this, the fact that all of this happened, that this kind of epic thing has, that, that I was a part of happened because I, I dreamed big and it, and it actually did happen. And James dreamed big. And I had somebody that pulled me along to dream big when I didn't really believe it could Mm -hmm. be possible either. I think if you shoot for big, you'll, you'll definitely get, get a uh, medium for sure, or maybe something big.
0: Thank you for that. I mean, I, I need, need to think bigger too. And I, I'm telling myself all the time that, uh, you know, it's interesting. I always surprise myself with what I'm able to achieve. And I feel like if I dream bigger, I might be able to go and help uh, a lot more people too at the same time. So, so thank you for that. Uh, and, and then, uh, finally, James, how about you? Any advice for somebody out there who has a passion for a show? They want to just start Talking about it on on the airwaves, uh, what advice would you have for that person to uh, to really have some success with it?
1: You know, in a lot of ways, I, I completely agree with Eric. You, you, if you do what you're passionate about, the results come. And, and be that be it a a successful podcast, or be it a a convention series, or you know, whatever your your maybe your business uh, dreams are. You know, if, if you're true to yourself and true to uh, other people and respectful. Um, the rest of it takes care of themselves because we we were just two fans who shared a passion about a, a show about zombies and, and the people that live around them. And we just kept trying to make it better. I mean, our first podcasts were lousy. And even once we started getting the guests, they were still, you know, mediocre at best, but we can continue to refine our craft and we kept, developing a, a sense of who we were and what we were able to do. But we always made sure that we took care of everybody along the way, be it trying to take care of the actor when they came on the show or to one of our events or tried to take care of one of the, the listeners or just rewarding people and being there and, and being an outlet for these people to also achieve their dreams because You know, we have our own dreams, but for some people, all it is is to come and meet Norman Reedus.
0: (laughs) That's my wife's dream. That's all they want to do. That was your wife's dream, right? And she still hasn't fulfilled it yet because we just haven't had a chance to go to Atlanta or some of the other ones he's at. But uh, when when we were in Frisco, she was like, oh man, everything's perfect. Except Norman Reedus isn't here, <laughs> so it's good to give us a good excuse to come back. But but Eric- well, we are
1: we are coming back next year to San Francisco, finally after after not being there this last year. So oh,
0: awesome! Hopefully awesome. we'll
1: be able to get Norman out there. But the, you know the biggest thing is this this thing gives everybody an avenue to 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 fulfill you know these amazing moments. And We tell our volunteers that we empower them every day to do something extraordinary and special for every attendee that comes through. And to make these great moments, that just like Eric and I had the very first year that we went, we do a lot of work with with you know, make a wish and similar programs mm-hmm. and And it's just it's so rewarding to see these moments where people are just overwhelmed with joy and and in a turn, we get that same that we receive some of that joy. And I think at the end of the day, every single person that that now works for us or then at the time volunteered for us would tell you that that's really. It's those moments that keep us going and the reason why we continue to do this.
0: Yeah, well, thank you guys. And, and, and I can, I first of all, just thank you both and thank you to your massive team who's been able to to put those smiles on those people's faces and recreate that sort of first experience you had uh, over at Woodbury during that, during that season filming. Um, and, and I say that because I remember when my wife and I were finished with the San Francisco uh, convention, we were coming away from it, really bummed because it was already over, but smiling from ear to ear and just kind of <laughs> giddy because it, it just was such a cool experience. We got to meet uh, a lot of our favorite people and people who you know we've come to really love and connect with through the through the show so thank you so much Ooh. for that and uh, just keep doing what you're doing because you guys are you guys are amazing so uh, guys check them out the walker stalkers podcast uh, you can find it on itunes obviously uh, or head on over to the walkerstalkers.com you can see all the information about their upcoming events and if you're a fan of the show and you're not listening to this uh, you are missing out because it's great so fellows, uh, fellas thank you again eric james appreciate you both so much and uh, is, is there anything else that you want to share in terms of a link or uh, did, did I kind of get it all?
2: I think you covered it. I think um, you got it. Walker, I mean, yeah, you want to yeah. just give them the other website for the convention?
0: Yeah, it, it's, it's the walkerstalkers.com is the
1: podcast. And then, of course, Walker Stalker Con is, is where you can there find more information on the conventions.
0: Cool. Thank you both so much. Appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to putting this one out there. I think it's going to be a lot of fun for people to listen to. Thanks, Thanks Pat. So You're awesome. All right, I hope you enjoyed that story with Eric and James. Man, what an incredible, incredible run, and they are just getting started, it seems, with all that they're doing. Walker Stalker Con uh, is in many different cities. You can check them out at walkerstalkercon.com and also the thewalkerstalkers.com for their podcast. It's just so cool to see podcasts like this just explode. I, I remember a story from Cliff Ravenscraft when he got started. He's the podcast answer man, And he's helped uh, tens of thousands of people start their podcasts and he's got millions of listens over the course of, I don't know, thousands of shows that he's done since. But his very first podcast was about the show Lost, if you remember that. And uh, since then, he's just been going gangbusters uh, too, just like the guys over at the Walker Stalkers podcast. So thank you, Eric. Thank you, James, for coming on and inspiring us. And thank you, all of you, for listening. And again, happy new year to you all. And as a reminder, the show notes and links for the show are available at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 247. Again, at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 247. I hope you've been enjoying the free podcast content here. I'm really excited because it's one of my favorite things to do, and I know a lot of you have already taken action from the content that you've listened to on the podcast, and if that's you, congratulations. Just keep going, please. It's one of my favorite things to see. But I also know a lot of you, and a lot of you have been telling me that you've been wanting more. You've been wanting additional information, some accountability, some hand-holding along the way. And so depending on what it is that you're looking for, what I would recommend is actually go to smartpassiveincome.com slash courses, you'll see the courses that I'm offering there that are paid courses but they're there to help walk you through certain processes depending on what problem you have or what issue or what thing you're trying to solve. Go there, check it out, you can see if there's a course available for you and where you're at in your business right now, whether you're just getting started and and you just wanna make sure you have all the right things in place before you actually devote a lot of time and effort into something, there's a course for you there. For those of you looking to get started with a podcast, there's stuff for you there and there's gonna be more courses there in the future and how do I come up with those ideas for the courses? They come directly from you. So thank you for all telling me how I can help you better. And if you have ideas for more courses that I can create for you, just hit me up on Twitter, at Pat Flynn, let me know, or uh, use my contact page on smartpassiveincome.com. But again, check out and see what's available, smartpassiveincome.com slash courses. That will be continually added to over time, so check it out, thanks so much. Before I let you go, I wanna let you know about a new podcast that's coming this year. Actually, it's launching in two weeks. It's called The Inflection Point, hosted by Noah Kagan, a great friend of my own and the Smart Passive Income podcast. He was also featured in episode 71 of the podcast here and also on SPI-TV in episode 38, actually one of the most downloaded episodes of SPI-TV in a while. And what's really cool about Noah is he's including challenges into his Uh, podcast episode uh, along with his guests. And it's really creative the way he's approaching it. Actually, he's very creative in general. And he's also very creative with the sponsorship spots here. So you can go ahead and go to okdork.com, which is his blog, okdork.com slash podcast, to get notified of when it comes out. Again, in, in a couple weeks, I think January 17th is when it launches. And then on my show on the 18th, he's actually promoting that show by doing something he's never done and I've never seen before to promote a podcast. So Go ahead and check that out. You're gonna love it. For now, go to okdork.com slash podcast and look out for the sponsorship spot in two weeks. On the 18th, it's gonna be uh, something brand new. All right, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And here is to a happy, healthy, safe, and prosperous 2017 for us all. Cheers, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com.